0: Welcome to Kord vs. Cryptid. I'm your ringmaster, Kiki, the queen of everything. If this is your first time here, this is a bonus episode where we pit our co-host and resident professional wrestler, Kord, against a Cryptid we've already talked about on the main show. For this battle, we have our guest GM, Ben from Lost Legends, Tales of Thern. He's back again, but will he be able to make Kord cry? Or will he finally bring him down with the evil of Elkhorn, the infamous beast of Bray Road? Gentlemen, is there anything you'd like to say to each other before the mayhem begins?
1: I want to say that you're not going to make me cry because I I won't cry.
2: On behalf of myself, I'd like to say I'm thrilled to be back here. This was super fun the first time, and I'm excited for this second rendition here as the Beast of Bray Road. All I have to say is. <laughs> The scene begins, it is right around 11 o'clock at night, there are no clouds in the sky, clear night sky, big full bright moon. Cord will say that you are hitchhiking on the side of the road, having just left a midwestern wrestling tournament in Wisconsin called the Ethanol Brawl. (laughs) Tell me about your last
1: opponent at the Ethanol Brawl before you took home the belt. He sucked comparatively, I mean that's why he lost right?
2: It's true, yeah. (laughs) Definitely could have been better. It's one of those things, like, you've got skill, but these guys kind of rely on the uh, alcohol to fill in the gaps.
1: That's literally the worst.
2: Yeah, we'll say that you hear a a rustle in the trees and a howl off in the distance that echoes throughout the forested road. It's getting a little bit chilly. You hear a squad car behind you, kind of pulling up over the hill. Lights on. You see the officer inside as he drives by, he notices you, and then pulls over to the side of the road with his lights on, and uh, gets out of the car. The officer is pretty tall, he's probably six foot four. From what you can tell, kind of in the flashing lights of his squad car, you can see he's got graying black hair, he's got a thick mustache, looks like dark brown eyes, and he's, he's pretty broad-shouldered. He
1: would kind of walk up to you and be like, Hey! You been drinking? What are you doing out so late on the side of the road? I will show him my belt. I was not drinking. <laughs> I was with drunk people, allegedly.
2: Oh yeah, so you weren't drinking, but you were with drunk people. I had a nickel for every time I heard that.
1: I mean, I'm not drunk, so.
2: yes. You wouldn't mind a breathalyzer then, pub? Sure. Alright, yeah, so he takes you over to the car.
1: If I can beat my opponent in the ring, I can beat a breathalyzer test as well. That'd be a great thing to put on a tombstone.
2: (laughs) He, uh, takes you over to the car, and can I have your old insight?
1: Insight... oh jeez. I keep forgetting about these, uh, barbarian skill levels. Everything's negative. I got a nine.
2: So you can tell he seems pretty upset, like he's pretty cross, and he's kind of trying to hold it back like he doesn't want it to get in the way of his professionalism. Yeah, he has you do the breathalyzer test, you blow negative, and he's like, huh, well, in that case, uh, we're, we're... Where are you heading to tonight, partner? These roads aren't safe for hitchhikers.
1: I'm heading to Pennsylvania.
2: (laughs) Pennsylvania, huh? You got a ways to go then. Uh, You got a ride lined up, or are you taking a Greyhound or something?
1: Uh, No. I don't know. Still working on it. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you come in my squad car? We'll get you. what was the last time you ate? Uh, I don't eat before shows, so probably a very long time. (laughs) yeah i'll tell you what
2: we'll get you a nice hot meal get you some water you look a little parched and uh see what we can do for you how's that sound sure he has you sit in the back you're not under arrest or
1: anything it's just there's more space back there we're just gonna put you in these handcuffs for your comfort (laughs)
2: right (laughs) he uh you know turns the lights off and now you can definitely tell you know now that he's kind of like out of the moment he um seems really upset like there, it's it's like he's just kind of zoning out, like the thousand yard stare,
1: type situation. Uh, that that's great because I I have a passenger seat anxiety. Uh, I'm assuming I'm going to be uh, clutching the seat a bit. <laughs> going uh, uh, is everything uh, okay, Bud? He says,
2: "Look, I I honestly no. I'm being completely honest. Things things aren't very
1: good at all. You wanna you wanna talk about it or?"
2: I'm not usually the type that opens up to uh, strangers, but I just... I would have told my wife about this, you know? You know, when he kind of turns the steering wheel, you can see, like, the shimmer of a gold wedding ring. hmm Normally, my wife is the kind of person I'd talk to about this, but uh, since we lost her, its it's been a little tough. Yeah. oof. Look, I... Do you have any kids? No. Good. They're a pain in the ass, and they're a terrible idea. God love her. He would go on to mention how, um, pretty much he's... He's not technically on duty, essentially he has a daughter named Violet, that's a 8th grader, she's 14, they had a huge fight earlier and she ran, so he's he's kinda out looking for her. Oh. He goes on to tell you about, you know, pretty much, his, his wife Genevieve died six months ago, and she was kinda the touchy-feely one, and he was kinda the disciplinarian, and he just has no idea what he's doing with this kid, you know, he feels like they have nothing in common, they're nothing alike, the only thing they share is DNA, and oh. uh, he just, feels like he's he's not doing right by her right says that violet's always walking around in the woods that was violet and genevieve would always go on these long walks talk about life and
1: yeah he, he's self-described old school well i don't recall seeing anybody down the road while i was walking unless i did do i have to make a check for that <laughs> right, yeah he's the first person
2: you've seen since leaving the ethanol brawl <clears throat> Yeah, I haven't seen anybody out here, at least. He just lets out a deep sigh. I don't know, I just I just know G- Genevieve was always better at this kind of stuff, she was a saint. That woman never met a person she couldn't love, in one way or another. <laughs> I tell you, I'd take a bullet for that kid. I just don't know how to give her what she needs, you know?
1: Yeah, being a parent is hard, I, or so I hear. Tell me about it. You see him take out a flask and take a swig? Uh, oh, <laughs> okay. That's concerning that the officer that's driving is doing that?
2: He, uh, takes another swig and then looks back at you and cracks a smile.
1: Lemonade. It's an old officer joke. Uh, yeah, sorry.
2: Some it's uh, uh, hit right. or miss,
1: you know? Yeah, that's, uh, uh funny. <laughs> 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 Clearly not entertained by this. <laughs> yeah. Clearly not necessarily believing that at all. <laughs>
2: look, I'm not, I, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not
1: the kind to of like, share my life story with
2: anybody or anything. I just, I'm old school, you know? You send the kid to school, you spank them when they're naughty, they fall down, you say rub some dirt in your eye and get back up and get in there. That was how I was raised and I don't know any other way with this kid. Mm-hmm. You see like, uh, in like the rear view mirror, he kind of looks back at you and you can see like, his eyes are genuinely getting kind of watery as he kind of goes down the rabbit hole you gotta kind of get the feeling that like he's been waiting to talk to somebody about this and he doesn't really have anyone to listen to him right and so you're just kind of like stuck in the car with him you know he's almost like holding you hostage with the conversation but not like in a bad <laughs> way necessarily
1: <laughs> well uh I mean listening helps that's all I really I don't know I'm not a parent man yeah
2: well someday someday you'll know the the joys of parenting I'm a uh, Perry officer Perry uh, Michael Perry. Yeah
1: cord, I would reach out my hand, but I think there's a, a thing in between us. Yeah, that makes make it a little hard. As I brush my hand up against the bars.
2: <laughs> <laughs> at that point, he gets a call on his radio from uh, colleague Officer McCoy. Wyatt was fired near an abandoned hospital
1: on Bray Road.
2: Thanks, man. I'm on route now. If you get there before me, just go ahead and check the perimeter. Make sure she's not hurting herself or, or anything. Just uh, check the place out for me. We'll be there shortly.
1: Well, at least... uh. At least you know where she's at now, right?
2: Well, I guess. That old hospital's no good place to be poking around. Yeah, homeless folks that stay there kind of infrequently as to want her to get mixed up with the wrong sort. Mm. Look, Cord, according to this belt here, apparently you can hold yourself in a fight. I don't know if you do that real wrestling or that WrestleMania hum- mumbo jumbo. I tell you what. <laughs> Ouch. I <laughs> will <laughs> tell you what. You help me find my daughter, and, and we'll put you up for a nice... There's a nice enough hotel on the outskirts of town. Yeah, uh, you. What do you say? You help me find her, and we'll, we'll get you set up for the night. Sure. I could punch some homeless dudes in the face. Much obliged. <laughs> Give you a smile. He turns down Bray Road. Can I have your roll of perception
1: check? Perception. Oh, no. I nat one, which brings it to a zero.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, all you're able to see, really, is a flash of yellow or red eyes, kind of off in the darkness. Oh. As far as a silhouette or anything, it's completely unseen. All you see is the eyes, as you guys turn
1: down Bray Road. An opossum, perhaps? (laughs) Perhaps.
2: (laughs) (laughs) About 20 minutes pass, we'll say. You can tell that there used to be a road here, but it's all overgrown with weeds and brush. You hear it kind of scraping up against the side of, of the police car. And there's a big wooden sign that's kind of in the process of molding and rotting you can tell the paint is thoroughly chipped off but you can clearly read it says sunset hospital for the profoundly challenged as you approach the grass here is waist high this place has seen better days in the light of the moon you can
1: see what looks like an abandoned hospital hmm i'm having a thought here Why is it that every time I start going home from a show that's very far away, I get into some strange situation where I'm fighting a monster, or I'm now at an abandoned hospital. I'm starting to not like going home.
2: Yeah, as you get out, the whole place smells pretty rank. You can tell it's very mildewy. There's lots of like mushrooms and mold. Mm. The whole building looks like it's one strong breeze away from collapsing. Sick. The strongest part of the the building looks to be the front door. It's kind of a double door that opens out. There's like a small stone staircase that leads up and then double doors that open out but that's been thoroughly chained and boarded in an attempt by the locals to keep people out of there because it is a pretty dangerous place. So the only spot you can see to get in would be so there's the big kind of like plywood boarding to shut the door and keep it closed and then you would see a small hole off to the side kind of like you could peel the door up and like squeeze inside. Officer Perry, he's just gonna look over and be like, uh, Hey, you just take it easy in there. We don't want any health insurance issues, especially since you're not technically part of the force. You hear? Just watch your back.
1: Okay. Back watched. (laughs) Hey, can I have you roll an
2: athletics check? I'll say
1: athletics or
2: acrobatics to squeeze in.
1: Oh, I'll do athletics. Okie doke.
2: I should mention, you'd also Uh, be able to tell this, this building is,
1: looks like it's uh, three floors. Okay. I rolled an 11. I'm doing very poorly on these
2: rolls today. <laughs> so you're able to uh, squeeze yourself in well enough. Now eventually as the door kind of snaps back closed, you can tell the roof in here is like sagging down and the uh, this part of the second floor collapses onto the door. With an 11 you're able to avoid most of the damage. You take about three damage as part of the roof just collapses in pretty much effectively sealing off the front door.
1: Oh shit. Well,
2: we're in. <laughs> yeah. O- Officer Perry's gonna come up to uh, the door and you hear him just, Hey, you all right in there? What happened?
1: yeah uh, I'm okay. The roof caved in a little bit.
2: Yeah, that's to be expected. Just watch your back. You know, generally if a place smells funky, it is funky. That's what they teach uh, you in cop school.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. That's fair. Cop school 101 right there. Is there like any opening? Let me check around back. I'll, I'll try and meet you out here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I need, like, a flashlight. Do you have, like, a flashlight? Uh, high or low? Uh, high. Always high.
2: Okay, I rolled a 16. We'll say he's able to finagle a flashlight in there. It's kind of small, probably about the size of, like, a computer mouse.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, he's able to kind of, like, push it up in there. Like a little shaker light. Exactly. Well, this will help. Turn on the light, since I'm assuming this place won't have just lights on inside.
2: <laughs> right, yeah, pitch black inside, except for the light of the moon and stars. Well, you know, near Fun. the windows and such. Fun. Yes, yeah, you just, uh, if you find, if you find Violet, just, uh... Shout, and we'll we'll, get, we'll find a way to get you out of there. I'll, I'll go around back and try to look for another entrance.
1: All right. I will uh, stand up and brush myself off and start looking around, I guess. Excellent. Go ahead and make a con save. 15.
2: All right, good deal. Yeah, so the inside is full of mildew. The entire place is just kind of rotting to bits. There's weeds that are growing inside the building. What used to be the receptionist office does, is like covered in a like an inch of dust. Uh-huh. This place is about one strong breeze away from caving in entirely. You can tell also there's like some abandoned, like discarded beer bottles and like garbage in here. Indicating that this is probably, there, there are definitely some people that either sneak in here to drink or sneak in here to well, like vagabonds. Do I,
1: hmm. The question of the day. I guess I will attempt to call out to Violet to see if there's some kind of response.
2: Yeah, so uh, you don't hear any response.
1: Hmm.
2: There's a hallway that kind of leads down back to a bunch of side rooms, and then a staircase that goes up all four floors, kind of in the center of of the building. As you're able to kind of go out, can I have you roll a survival check? 13... Actually, we'll say survival or nature, whichever one's better. They're both negative one. Oh, so <laughs> in that case, yeah, you're able to uh, avoid some of the steps. You can tell like this part of the staircase is caving in, mm-hmm. and you know, Cord's not a small guy, and so it's like you're able to to get up to the second floor well enough without causing any more of this building to fall over or falling through yourself. As you get up to the stairs, you can see a section of the floor has been caved in. On the edge of it is like a tuft of black fur, almost looks like dog fur. Mm. Somebody has a dog, huh? Okay, near it, you would also see a pair of muddy boot prints.
1: I'm going to do the, the stereotypical horror movie thing of, Hello? Is anybody actually in here? Because now I'm concerned that there's a homeless man with a dog. Go ahead and roll perception. We'll leave it up to chance. Uh, I roll
2: a three. Three? You don't hear any words, but you do hear breathing coming from down the second floor hallway. I'm going to proceed with extreme caution. So the third room on the left um, is kind of a large, looks like a waiting room. You see beakers and test tubes lined up, kind of broken and discarded glass on the floor near the near The countertop Countertop has just like stripped off paint and the whole place just looks like shit. There's a big closet, like a medicine closet off in the far side of the room. And in the middle of the floor you see a police officer, not Officer Perry, but uh, you see a police officer there and his whole chest has been ripped out. Looks like he there's huge claw marks and gashes. The boot prints, essentially, like the size of them match the size that you found you, that you just found, indicating that those were his boots as he came up here. Looks like his ribs have been just ripped to shreds. Oh god! Oh god! Recently dead, like within the last half
1: hour or so. Is there a window near me? You're you'd be right in the middle of the of the building. Oh, that's, I guess not. Huh? Oh god. Well, this is a problem. Is
2: Cord a, uh, a puker?
1: No, I haven't thrown up since I was a child, but I probably feel like I'm about to. Yeah,
2: let's have you roll a con save.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I got a 12, so I might be failing that.
2: 12? Yeah, so you feel a little bit of, like, acid come up. And, like, you know, right before you puke, like, your mouth gets really wet. Like, it's, like, preparing. Oh uh, no. You start to get that feeling. The closest place you can find... To, uh, to do that is that big medicine closet. So as you open up the drawer to find a place to potentially toss your cookies for the first time since you were four, you see a child inside that's like,
1: ah, oh God, oh God,
2: boof. So the kid immediately gets out of the way. And uh, well, I mean, a 12 is still like pretty good. So we'll say you, you don't like fully toss your cookies but you're just, your stomach's very upset. You know, that dead body combined with the smell combined with the mildew, breathe it out, man. So we're going to say the next con-save that you make to avoid throwing up would be made with disadvantage. Because it's just like one
1: more thing and this, this train's leaving the station. <sighs> okay, so uh, the last time i seen somebody tore open like that was one of the last times uh, we played.
2: You see the kid kind of dusting themselves off. Kid is kind of tall and skinny, short hair like a pixie cut of uh, dark hair. Kid has freckles and dark brown eyes. Could I have you roll a investigation check?
1: I rolled a seven.
2: So This kid bears a a passing resemblance to Officer Perry.
1: Are you Violet?
2: Once the kid kind of stands a little bit closer, you can see the kid is wearing a, a dirty shirt. It's got several cryptids on it. It's got the Mothman, the Jersey Devil, and La Lechuza. Kind of all in, like, uh, action poses. And the kid sticks their hand out. Uh, Scott, nice to meet you. Scott?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: I'm, I'm
1: bored. Have you seen anybody else in here? Uh, other than
2: him? He kind of gestures at the body. Yeah.
1: Well, I saw a cryptid,
2: if that's what you're asking. And before you say I'm crazy, let me just tell you, I, I know a thing or two about cryptids. I read a book on it.
1: Uh, I read a book, too, once. But the question is, did you color in all the lines of the book? <sighs> Do I have my sword on me?
2: Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll say it's like slung across your back or if you have like a like a sheath for it around your waist.
1: That explains why the police officer would stop me if I'm walking down the road. Right. Okay. And it's
2: like, who's this giant dude with a sword at 11:30 at night? Yeah. Yeah, definitely a red flag. I'm uh I'm going to look at my sword. Hey, you can tell in all of this the kid seems unafraid. Yeah, so your sword, it glows in the presence of monsters, correct?
1: Correct. I believe it's Fifty feet, yes, and that's fifty feet in all directions. I believe so. Like a like an
2: orb around you. Okay, yeah. So, um, your sword is kind of a a dull glow to it. Looks like it's kind of glowing more and more, like by the minute. It's not quite like luminous yet, but it's getting there. Hey, the kid looks at your sword and says,
1: "Whoa, where do I get one of those?" Uh, Mexico. So, anyway, we gotta get out of here. Are you sure there's nobody else in here?
2: Not that I've seen. Just, uh, you and me and the Beast of Bray Road. You know, it's a Wednesday. Uh, the, the what, who now? It's like a werewolf thing. Yeah, it's, it hunts all around these parts. In fact, they say that if it bites you, you turn into a beast like it. it it's basically, it's kind of like a werewolf. One way to think about it. Some people think it's a dog, but it's not a dog.
1: I mean, it might be a dog. You think it's a dog? And it was, uh, um, I don't know.
2: Well, all right. And the kid just is like blah 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 cryptids blah 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 beast of Bray Road. I can't wait to tell my friends about this blah blah blah. We're
1: going to we're going to move and talk at the same time, bud. All right? We're going to move and talk at the same time. How did you even get here? Who are you?
2: I, I guess uh, should I be walking? my my parents said I shouldn't walk with strangers. And and you are is that a wrestling belt?
1: Yes. You wrestle? Yes. You can trust me. I'm a TV personality. Let's go.
2: Scott comes up to you and just, uh, is like, can I, is it okay if I, kind of motioning towards the belt?
1: Uh, sure, man. Whatever you need to do to get moving. Whew.
2: My mom always promised me that someday we'd go to the, uh, the ethanol brawl. Always just seemed really awesome. All the wrestlers and, like, I, I mean, I know some people think it's fake, but I don't know. I always thought
1: it'd be fun to be in. It was. It was very. This whole conversation, I'm going to be looking over my shoulder. Please don't have a big giant monster sneaking up behind me. Uh, keeping an eye out, for sure.
2: So Scott would ask you, so did you have to, did you defeat Cornhole Joe?
1: Cornhole Joe was defeated in the second round. And I'm going to start backing up and gesturing. Come on, come on.
2: Oh, you sound like my
1: dad. Did your dad beat Cornhole Joe in the second round?
2: Well, no, but at this uh, Scott's going to kind of like lean against the wall. And you can tell Scott, once, once Scott mentions his dad, you can tell he's kind of upset too. Scott says, look, you, you, got, oh. you got a sec. I just, normally I'd talk to my mom about this kind of stuff, and I just don't. You seem like a pretty cool guy.
1: Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever. Let's let's dash it out, man. There's like a couple of rusty metal chairs. Scott pulls
2: over one for you, and then one for him, and probably about six feet away, and kind of hoists himself up on the chair. And Scott would go on to tell, he's like, yeah, we, uh, we had a pretty big fight earlier. Honestly, I could have handled it better.
1: What were you guys uh, fighting about?
2: Scott kind of looks around and takes a deep breath and says, "Look, I, I always felt kind of different from the people around me. It's like I was on autopilot. Like, like I'm, I, I just feel like I've been living somebody else's life. Like, I'm, I'm not in control of my actions or who I am. It's, it's all just who I'm expected to be. And I just, I just really miss my mom. You know, we used to talk about everything. And so, a, a couple of years ago." I, I was reading through some like a, a blog on the internet, and I just it hit me, and I, I decided that instead of Violet, I wanted to be a, uh, a a Scott. And so I've been going back and forth, and I, I finally made up my mind a few months ago that I was. Me and mom were gonna go out on like a lo- another long walk, and uh, I was gonna tell her. I tell mom everything. the the day, She she died the day before I was gonna tell her. Oh, that's pretty heavy. I don't know, I just wish I'd told her sooner. And now it's just, I, I know that I never can. Whew.
1: Man, that's pretty heavy. Uh shit. His and dad doesn't make things easy.
2: He's so just old school and does like the air quotes. I, I tried talking to him about it tonight, because I, I wanted to get my hair cut a little bit shorter. And he said, Oh, what's wrong with long hair? Girls look pretty with long hair. And I tried explaining it to him, and he, he just went into this whole tirade. We didn't have this back in my day. This is probably just a phase, Violet. You'll grow out of it. I'm old school. raw
1: Well, I'm, uh, I'm no counselor, but, uh, I think, I think we need to go, uh, figure this out. Maybe we shouldn't be having this conversation in an abandoned hospital.
2: How, how nice would it be if this was an abandoned hospital? I did a research paper in school on this place. You know, that in the 1900s, these types of facilities, they, they called it a hospital so that it was more uh, tasteful. But really what they were doing, they'd take mentally challenged people, people with disabilities and they'd sterilize them. They would take people that society didn't think was good enough and they'd sterilize them so that they, they could never have kids. And I just, um, after our conversation, I just wonder, I mean, I don't hate my dad or anything, but he's always going on about being old school. And, and this, this place is old school. So you'd see like these kind of big tears start to well up in Scott's eyes. I just don't know. If we lived back then, would he have wanted to send me to a place like this? Poof. Woof, man. Uh who I don't know. I don't mean to dump all of this on you. You're just and, and Scott kinda starts to like nervously backtrack a little bit. Look, I, I I just I was you know, this is normally the kind of thing I talk to my mom about, and I don't want to talk to my dad, and and you're here and, and you have a belt, and I just uh Sure.
1: I'll stand up and I'll put a hand on her shoulder. You're gonna be okay, kid. We're gonna get you through this, all right.
2: That just wraps his arms around you and gives you like a big tight hug. I uh, reciprocate. There's a, a point where you can kind of feel like a like a little wet tear spot on your on your shirt.
1: Oh uh, no, don't cry. I almost just threw up on you. All right, we li- 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 we 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 should yeah. probably go, man. Yeah. We should probably go. <laughs>
2: So is, de- is Dad out there then?
1: Yeah, he's trying to uh, find a way in because the main entrance is no longer an option.
2: Yeah, that's fine. There's there's totally a back entrance. How do you think I got in here?
1: Let's get to it then.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 because yeah, I want to die today.
1: <laughs> that's fair. I almost did, so that's fair.
2: So, so you came through the front entrance?
1: Yeah, it hurt, and I almost <laughs> collapsed the building, but...
2: Uh, the back door is is a much easier way to get through. That's how all the uh, all the vagabonds get through. Mm, well, Scott just smiles at you and continues kind of down the long end of the hallway, like not the end that you came through with the collapsing staircase. Uh, but at the other end, there is another staircase that's a little more put together. Down here, you go ahead and roll survival. Oh my god, I roll the si- <laughs> I roll the <a> six. <laughs> you can tell there's like a. You know, a whole bunch of, like, boot prints, shoe prints here, but also a distinct set of paw prints, like, large paw prints. Hmm. At this point, your sword is blazing. Blazing white.
1: Yeah, let's do this quickly. Like, right now.
2: God just looks at the sword and they're like, it, does it always... What's going on with your sword? Are you gonna blow up?
1: No, it's warning me. Let's just go. We gotta go. We'll talk about it later. Scott just nods and proceeds down the stairs. As you guys
2: make your way down back to the first floor, you can see Officer Perry has just made his way kind of through the back door. And there's kind of a large, it's like a, looks like a dining room area. Probably about the size of like a school cafeteria. The tables are all collapsing in, the chairs are rusted. There's like broken plates and like rusty silverware mold and mildew here as well. The whole place just kind of reeks and is collapsing. And you can see a spot uh, near the other, like the back door essentially. the 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 ceiling is just sagging at this point officer perry would bring up his flashlight and see you guys and you see this huge grin come across his his face hey kid forward. hey
1: we gotta go right now in the car driving away right now
2: as you say that bursting forth from the kitchen comes this huge monster it stands about eight or ten feet tall it's covered in black and brown fur you see glowing red they kind of, like, move between red and yellow eyes, huge gnashing teeth, and claws that can just rip these tables apart with ease. It just comes bellowing out of the kitchen area straight towards the officer. Not again. Go ahead and roll initiative. Okay. Initiative is 9. The Beast at an 18. Officer has a 7. Okie doke, so the Beast goes first. So the beast is going to... he has uh, 40 feet of movement. He's going to go right up to the officer and he has a few attacks that he's going to do. Now, first is the R of Fear. Officer passes his fear check, um, so he's not frightened, which is pretty on- on brand for the officer. Yeah. He's he's seen things. Creature gets two claws and one bite. No, uh, two claw attacks or one claw and bite. We'll do one claw, one bite. So, claw attack. Kind of, bell like, charges forward and brings a claw up through one of the chairs at the officer. And that is a 16 for some damage. And then the bite attack falls. That's a nat 20.
1: Oh, jeez. Starting early. Yes, yeah,
2: so this officer, he gets clawed across the chest. And then the beast just, like, latches down right on his collarbone and uh, bites into him. Officer, you know his gun kind of discharges wildly as the beast tackles him to the ground on his back, and is just like like thrashing him there on the ground.
1: Oh no, not again!
2: forward you're up. Officer Perry's currently prone. Scott is just like frozen with fear.
1: I'm gonna turn to Scott. Okay. I'm gonna say, "Get out of here!"
2: Doesn't even seem to
1: register with the kid. They're like
2: <laughs> fight, flight, or freeze. They're full on freeze mode.
1: That's fair. Yeah, it's run and sword time, baby. Nice. We are going to do an attack with my Seber, and I believe this is the time where I will activate the golden apple of the Alba Twitch.
2: Oh, is activating that a free action or a bonus action?
1: I think it just kind of happens.
2: Let's say, because then you could also, ra- if that doesn't take up your bonus action, you could also rage, and that would like, you know, otherwise, like if activating the apple is a bonus action, then you wouldn't be able to rage this turn. Kiki rules me. Yeah, so it's just like always on kind of Yeah, thing.
0: you're just holding it. It just is. It doesn't require an action.
1: Very well. How do you like them actually?
0: Yeah, see? That, that's actually what it, the flavor text is going to be. <laughs> oh, really?
1: <laughs> so this is now changing my move drastically. I'm now changing from a normal saber attack. I would like to frenzied rage and make it a reckless attack. Excellent. After this turn, I will get three attacks. If I use my bonus action to do that. But this time, I get two, and they're reckless. So I will have advantage upon the rule. The first one is a natural 20. <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're starting. All right.
1: <laughs> that is indeed how we're starting. All right. We got... Oh, jeez. Math. That is a 12 and a 6. 18? Yes. And then I will use my extra attack to do the same. Oh man, that was close. (laughs) I rolled a nat 19. (laughs) So 27 total. Absolutely. Yeah, so let's say you bring your sword up and get a good slash,
2: and then immediately after you're able, kind of slashing up at like the beast's ribs, and you immediately bring it down for a slash across the back.
1: The damage on the second attack is an 11.
2: Yeah, it cuts deep. You can tell this beast um, as you get closer, you can smell the uh, the matted fur. You can smell the uh, the blood coming off of this thing. Uh, your weapon cleaves right through it. Looks like that there's a lot of um, scarring on this thing, from what you can tell. Like, it's probably seen a lot of fights. Mm-hmm. And your sword is very effective at kind
1: of bypassing its natural immunity, so to speak. Getting kind of good at fighting these monsters that are <laughs> confronting me all of a sudden.
2: Yeah, last up is the officer is going to try and make an athletics check to get out of the grapple and he i I rolled a six so that's not happening as he tries to like fight this thing off of him he drops his gun and just like tries to stick his arm down the thing's mouth to try and like hit it so it's not biting down anymore kind of like like fighting off a wild dog one hand is inside this thing's mouth like lengthways and he's kind of trying to punch it in the gut but kind of getting weaker with every hit from the loss of blood Mm. uh round resets to the beast it did not appreciate your attacks. And so it is going to claw the officer and then turn
1: and try and bite you. Since I reckless attacked, it does have advantage against me as well.
2: That is a 23 against the officer. And then it turns all of its attention against you. So with advantage, 19?
1: Yeah, that hits easily.
2: (laughs) All right, I want you to make a con save.
1: Oh no, 14.
2: 14, good. Yeah, so it bites down on you, and you feel the uh, like the hot spit and drool kind of start dripping down your shirt as this thing just latches onto you like a gator. Oh, gross! And it is your go. This thing's grappled me. You said. Well, it's it's bitten down on you. It's kind of like a flavorful grapple. I'm assuming this thing is taller than me. It's medium size but I'm kind of picturing it on the bigger size of medium. Medium is, you know. Large would be, like, if it was 10 feet tall. Medium is, like, a humanoid size. This thing's, like, pretty menacing. Gotcha.
1: I am going to attempt to uh, give it the old stabberino in the gut. Excellent. I will not do reckless because that hurt. (laughs) The first attack is an 18 to hit. That will hit. And that is 10 plus my rage damage of 12.
2: So describe this. What does it look like? I mean, this thing is trying to chomp down Yandia. The officer is laying there on the floor, probably about five feet away from you. When you go to attack it, like, are you aiming for anything?
1: Or are you... I'm going for, like, belly button area. I'm going to take a step back so that there's room. And I'm just going to hit it. forward in.
2: Are you stabbing or
1: slashing? Stab.
2: Yes, yeah, so we'll say that first attack, you're able to stab into the belly and kind of, like, rip open... Like, it's like a stab that kind of pokes out the side and whoosh. And you see a a big, kind of like some organs and stuff kind of flop out on the ground. That cuts right through. And so this thing lets out a howl. You notice it was the same howl as you heard earlier when you are on the side of the road.
1: Oh, uh, that probably wasn't a possum.
2: It uh, looks at you and it it just starts growling. Like, so much that its whole body is almost like like
1: vibrating with just hatred
2: and then that was one attack so you get extra attack correct
1: yes i will get two extra attacks this round i rolled an 18 again That'll hit, yeah oh my god crazy exact same damage 12.
2: <laughs> yeah this thing is getting considerably weaker its, it's hits aren't as strong as, yeah you've taken a few good chunks out of it for sure
1: and uh yeah i'm going to use my frenzy bonus attack as well Excellent. The sword is extremely effective. I rolled a 14. 14 to hit? Yes. That'll hit. Uh, now with the
2: apple, you've made... That would be 14 successful attack. Or 14. Um, that you've made 4 successful attacks now, correct?
1: Yes. Uh, that third attack is 9 damage total.
2: Got it. Alright, so Officer Perry is there. As soon as the beast leaves him, you see his arms that were trying to like fight it off just fall limp to his side. And that's all he's got this turn.
1: Hey man, hey! Hey hey hey! Don't stop on me now, man!
2: So the officer's done, Round resets to the beast. The beast is going to try and claw and then bite you again. So, claw... That is a 14. Yeah, thats And That'll be 3 damage. And then the bite... Ooh, bite's a 24. For 7 more damage.
1: 7 damage. So,
2: 3 from the claw, Eww. 7 from the bite. And then go ahead and make more constitution save.
1: Constitution! I got a 21.
2: So it bites, we'll say this time it bites down on your leg, and you're able to kind of rip your leg out of its mouth, but it's like still kind of like bloody and kind of tender. At this point, it's just kind of lashing out at anything it can get.
1: Well, it's been going pretty good for me so far. I'm going to swing again. I rolled a 15. 15 will hit. 8, 9, 10, and I get an extra damage die it will be a 17 total.
2: It lets out like an exhausted sigh
1: as this damage is really taking
2: its toll. It's lost some of its guts. It's bleeding out from a bunch of cuts and stabs. This thing's not
1: looking so hot. Oh, oh God. So, quick question. Scott told me that this was a werewolf.
2: Like a werewolf, yeah. Werewolf, some say it's a dogman. God believes it's a werewolf.
1: As in like assuming this is a person turned into a wolf?
2: Uh, yes. God believes so.
1: Yeah. Mm. Alright. I'm going to attempt, if I can, to do this non-lethally. If I have to dish the sword to do that, then so be it. Well,
2: um, so the sword does, like, cutting damage and stabbing
1: damage. If you,
2: we'll say, like, you could turn the blade a bit, so it's like you're hitting it with the flat of the blade, instead of, like, the the edge of the blade. Right. We'll just say, like, game-wise, it changes the damage from, like, slashing damage to bludgeoning damage. That's
1: right. So I did one attack. I'm going to do another one. And I rolled the 17.
2: That'll do it.
1: That's a 13 plus extra damage die. 16.
2: 16 damage. Mm
1: hmm.
2: All right. So with that final blow,
1: the uh, Beast of Brayrobed we'll
2: say kind of looks up at you with like, like bloody froth coming out of its mouth. You turn the blade and the flat of the blade strikes it right on the chin and uh, causes it to like, whomph, like shuts its mouth and um really jars the head as it kind of stumbles around you can almost see like the little clouds floating above its head in a circle kind of stumbles around and like falls into a table here and there as it kind of thrashes around eventually it makes its way over to um kind of where the ceiling was sagging and uh, falls in the ground and the force of that is enough to make the ceiling collapse in on it uh in that section so it's covered in a whole bunch of debris asbestos all intents and purposes it's currently buried and out of commission uh turn to make sure the other two are all right scott is right by his father's side bent over you can see his hand shaking as he kneels down and there's like a like a pooling of blood underneath the officer uh is he like cut up that bad yeah he's it's pretty much that those that claw damage was really what did him mm. yeah so the officer he's still kind of like semi-conscious as uh, Scott makes makes his way over and kneels down and the officer kind of weakly reaches over and holds his hand and uh, he apologizes. I'm sorry, kiddo. Your mother would have been proud of you for being true to yourself, being who you are. She'll always love you for exactly who you are. And so will I, Scott. Oh, man. Scott, you know, big tears start to well up in his eyes and um, Scott, you know, apologizes too for running. Could I have you
1: roll a perception check? I'd love to. Oh my god, come on. I rolled a two, which turns into a one, because barbarian skills.
2: As the two are there kind of having a moment, you would notice that outside, it's starting to get lighter out, and the uh, the sun is starting to come up. At this point, it you know, Scott would just, you'd see his eyes get wide, and he kind of like almost falls over on his back and like kind of scurries away from, from Officer Perry as the pool of blood is uh, shrinking, kind of contracting. Uh, getting smaller. Uh, you'd be able to see Officer Perry's kind of skin and stuff, like, melding itself back together. Now, it's all Like, you can tell there's, like, slash marks and stuff. But it's like his entire torso is kind of knitting itself back together as he's just kind of laying there unconscious. Uh, that's new. Scott just looks at you. Have you, you, uh, I, I, I didn't know the Beast of Bray Road could do that. I, granted, I've never been in combat with the Beast of Bray Road, but... Holy wow. Uh
1: yeah, you might want to back up like a lot. Like out. Go.
2: I say he uh looks at you and you see like the the same look that you saw earlier in uh, the officer's eyes, and Scott declines. Um crawls back up to his dad. Just as the last bit of flesh kind of knits itself back together, Officer Michael Perry opens his eyes like <gasps> At which point his hands just kind of like feel his torso and feel that it's healed up, and he looks around at you guys like just in complete bewilderment, and uh, slowly, weakly, kind of starts to sit himself up. At which point Scott comes up to try and help him. Oh Lord, oh God. Officer Perry just kind of looks at you for guidance. He's like, I, I, I don't know what happened. I, I mean, I was. I, the last thing I remember, I had that my hand in
1: that thing's mouth. Yeah, you got a, you got a messed up pretty bad, my guy. Did I, did I,
2: am I dead? He's still kind of like, like, kind of feeling around his wounds and stuff and he feels the claw marks, at which point Scott just gasps. No, not dead. I, I think you're now the Beast of Bray Road. Oh lord. Officer Perry kind of weakly stands up on his two feet and almost needs to like steady himself like he's still pretty weak and about to fall over. He just looks at you and smiles. Thank you for protecting my son. Is there
1: any way to uh, fix that?
2: I I don't know. He kind of looks at Scott. What do you think, kiddo? Is there a way I can, uh, I mean, am I stuck with this? Scott just shrugs. We're in unknown territory as of five minutes ago. (laughs) And Scott runs up and uh, hugs his dad. So I'm just happy you're okay.
1: We can deal with the other stuff Uh, later. I'm gonna kind of just take a seat on the steps. It's just, what the hell has my life become right now? (laughs) I'm so confused, man.
2: They uh, The two kind of share a moment, and then they would meet you out on the steps. You guys can see, kind of through the trees, the sun is starting to rise. The officer's uniform is all shredded in the front, you know. There's still, like, caked blood on it and stuff, and black fur. They just sit right next to you, and Scott's just smiling. Smiling at you, smiling at Dad. Officer Perry just kind of puts his hand on Scott's hand and says, Look, kiddo, I I meant what I... I, I'm sorry, I just, there's a lot that I need to learn about you, about this, and he just kind of gestures to himself. Your mother would have accepted you exactly how you are, and I meant what I said. If you'd be willing to try that conversation again, I'd I'd be happy to listen. Just try and be patient with me, I'm, uh, old school. <laughs> um, at this point, Scott would turn to you and say, well, you hungry,
1: Cord? No, I'm not hungry at all. I should also mention that uh, your uh, partner is uh, kind of dead upstairs. So, not to break up your uh, your family moment here, <laughs> Officer McCoy. Uh, yes,
2: that he uh, immediately calls in his like emergency ambulance to the uh, that is the Sunset Hospital for the profoundly challenged. Yeah, at this point, the officer's feeling a whole lot better. Kind of stretches his hands, stretches out a bit, and then he uh, goes to get the squad car ready. And, uh, Scott just kind of stays there with you As you guys are still on the steps, watching the watching the sunrise. Scott just kind of looks at you for a minute and says, So, do you, I mean, you know what you're doing with that sword, huh? I'm learning. And Scott, you see, uh, Scott's face just kind of turn white. Look, I, we'll figure this out. I, I know, I know my dad. He means well. He's got a good heart. I just don't want you to come back here and, uh, I just don't want anything to happen to him. I don't want to leave things unsaid.
1: Let me put it to you this way, kid. I'm not exactly going around looking for monsters to fight. They're coming to me, so unless your dad attacks me, I don't think we're gonna have a problem.
2: Say it that, Scott
1: just laughs.
2: Oh, well, he won't attack you. Just don't vote, uh, well, never mind. At this point, you hear honking, and, uh, you guys make it out to the cop car. Officer Perry drives you into town, puts you up at a pretty nice hotel, and, uh, drops off a, a care package later in the day signed michael and scott
1: okay i'm gonna say that uh, i probably spent that next day in the shower in the room in a fetal position just rocking back and forth but i will take a break from that to get a care package <laughs>
2: bet to credits
1: man that was heavy dude <laughs> That was not what I was expecting to have to deal with emotionally today, man.
2: (laughs) I've had this idea for a while now of like, you know, for this Beast of Bray Road, as soon as, you know, I I was reading about it once I got the offer a while back, like months ago. And um, I don't know. I just, uh, I have some some trans kids in my class that I just adore and they're they're wonderful human beings. And I just, uh, I don't know. It's just disheartening to me whenever, you know, you hear in the news or whatever about kids that, That are, like, not accepted, not treated like people. Like, you know, D&D is a game, but, like, the process of writing this was just kind of cathartic for me. I just wish those kids the absolute best.
1: That and the whole asylum
2: thing, the hospital thing, is also true. Back in, like, the 1880s, 90s, 1900s, there was, like, the whole eugenics push. Where it was, like, all these hospitals that would take mentally and physically handicapped people. And they thought that all that stuff was like, oh, we gotta cleanse them from the gene pool so that they never, like procreate and make more of them, you know, kind of like the whole Darwin survival of the fittest attitude, but towards people super inhumane by by any today's standards, yeah. you know that ideology was then taken yeah. and radicalized by the Nazi Party, and that's kind of like an indirect relationship to the like a direct indirect relationship to the Holocaust and what happened there.
1: I did a fair bit of research into it myself. Because I am a World War II buff, but the first thing I ever DM'd was like a one-shot horror campaign that had to do with an insane asylum. So I did some research like way, 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 way back in the day about it. I I knew it was fucked up. (laughs) That's about as far as I needed to go for it.
0: The trans kit—it it is perfectly timed on many different levels for me personally. You got the stuff going on in Texas right now, which is absolutely egregious. And then my best friend is trans. And just had the pleasure of meeting a young man named Jax who is going through a lot of problems right now between two parents. I don't really think he gets the help that he needs from either one, so that sucks.
1: Works as a foil for a werewolf as well.
0: I was gonna say it's the transformation concept. Yeah. You're not, you don't feel right in in the skin that you're in, yeah. and you need to change something.
1: It made me literally think for a second, like, oh, is this the werewolf? And then I went, oh, no. <laughs> so, oh, I, I read that completely wrong.
0: You uh, almost did not make your constitution saving throw.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I <laughs> mm, would have put a interesting touch on the rest of this situation.
0: I had a plan already. Don't worry. <laughs> I was really keeping my finger. I was like, oh. Oh it was like dang a 14 it! Fourteen that I rolled or something. I was like, oh, uh oh. <laughs> that's what you needed, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, is that what he needed? That's well, <laughs> not 12. much better, I put, I put, well, like, dangerously close. No, yeah, yeah,
1: that's close. That's cutting it close. Either way,
0: yeah. So this is another one where I did the stat block, and then the art card will be available on our Patreon at the three dollar level. But you can also purchase stickers and other things like that through our Redbubble store after this has gone live that will be up there. But yeah, so Beast of Bray rude we treated this like a neutral evil creature. The bite, yeah, it's only a 12 because I believe I took the stats from like a regular werewolf, but this guy's got like slightly different stats, so I just kind of shaved it off a little bit. I made it a little bit lower challenge rating. So that's yeah. why we got the 12 and not the I think 14 was like the baseline for the for a regular werewolf, not like an alpha, which I think is a little bit higher. Because they're supposed to be almost like a, you know, you're looking like like a vampire lord type thing. So like someone has done an, a homebrew for an alpha werewolf where they're just a little bit more beefy, which is pretty freaking cool too if you're running a horror campaign. Totally. Mm-hmm. That aside, Ben, you are you guys just finished. Well, I say just finished. Actually, by the time this airs, you guys will have finished season two of Tales yes. of Thern and. Um, this is the first time that I'm getting to actually talk to you about it and like no spoiler review, but I, um, I cried. <laughs> yep, You got me. Damn it. And you know what? It was partially you because I remember when you first came on, when we were doing the whole like pot of holding thing, we weren't sure if we were going to keep it separate or, and then we decided to bring it into Mission Spooky officially and you were on and that you guys can listen to that interview. So I don't want to put words in your mouth because I have to go back and listen to it, but it almost sounded like a... Particular character might um might not be a good person to have a relationship with, and then some stuff happened, and then some more stuff happened, and then the season finale happened, and I was like, God, yeah, yeah, me. And then I cried even more after the like the final scene there, like at the end, which I thought was very sweet that the player in question got to kind of do a nice little cathartic scene, and I was just oh, they crushed me. It literally crushed my soul like I, I i went to bed and then doug came home and i was like i can't i need to talk <laughs> to you uh yeah so that's that is what good storytelling is about you you guys killed it for season two i'm so excited for season thank three. you I can't.
2: i'm really excited too season three might end up being a little bit shorter it's always kind of hard to pace out things you know because you never quite like even you know in, in lesson plans and stuff it's like it's hard to kind of Gauge how you know how much time will be spent certain places and stuff. I really appreciate your feedback, though. I just, uh, yeah, I I just love that you know we've been able to create something that has gotten a emotion like an emotional response because that means you care, you know. And I just, uh, I don't know. It's like we'll we'll record episodes and then it's like the dread as soon as you know we we finish recording and it's like oh god, someone's gonna listen to this, and it's like the uh the, the imposter syndrome sets in. It's like, all right, this is the episode. They find out I'm a fraud and I'm actually a really shitty GM and that it's game over. Nice while it lasted. And I just like my anxious brain just eats at me until the episode comes out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we all feel that at some point <laughs> with the whole like, should I be doing this?
1: Literally yeah. always. So
0: I know what I'm doing.
1: This is going to be the episode where people find out I don't know anything <laughs> about creatures. <laughs> <Bridges. laughs> it's just it's like, Wait, that's not right. That's...
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just debilitating and exhausting. <laughs> but uh, uh, like the actual doing, it's fun because you know when you play, it's like you can kind of keep all that crap out of the way because it's like you're in the game. You know, it's like you're, like you're like you're present and all that. And yeah, I don't know. I just I've always struggled with anxiety, and it's I, I'm just really happy that it's gotten such a positive reception. You know,
0: I think that in general is. Um like 90% of the D&D community suffers from anxiety. (laughs) And that's why we enjoy playing the game because for a while, our brains just can be immersed in this world of fun and excitement. And we don't have to think about the fact that, you know, something terrible is going on in the world around us. We just take a little bit of break from that. Definitely. yeah. And
2: uh, going back to the player in question, you know, he's one of those. I, I love that, too. Like, where he went with it. So he's just, like, at heart, he's just a big softie.
0: Yes. And he nailed it. Like, completely.
2: <laughs> I'm really excited for this next season. It's going to be really neat. I've done a lot of research on World War One and the Civil War to kind of get ready for it. Like, I don't want to give away any spoilers or anything, you know, or let the cat out of the dog. No, no. Yeah, I'm just really no, excited. No. I've got a few scenarios that I think will be really cool. We'll have the appearance of my favorite cryptid.
0: Oh, exciting. So I'm
2: just really oh. jazzed. Kind of the uh, the roadmap. At the start of the podcast, we all, um, like all the guys, we all g- agreed, you know, five years. If it takes off, amazing. If it doesn't, then, you know, after five years, we just cut our losses and shake each other's hands and say, good show, you know? So, yeah, I, I've got essentially uh, like a three-act story, a three, three-act, three-season story with these characters then I've got something different planned for season four and seasons four and five. But uh, yeah, I'm just really excited. I'm excited, but also nervous.
0: I'm sure it's going to be great. you. You guys have kept me interested from, I guess from the very start. And I sincerely mean that because I have tried so many other listening to like to other TTRPGs and encounter party has been the only other one. That's really kept my attention and they've taken a really long hiatus. So I have no idea what's going on with that if they're going to continue it ever. At this point it feels like they are, but we're still waiting. So it was nice though when you guys were every other week. So it was kind of like I'd get in counterparty and then I'd have you and then I'd have a counterparty and then I'd have you. So uh yeah. Totally. I totally support many other podcasts that are uh TTRPG especially D&D based and uh we we tweet those guys out all the time. It's just uh sometimes it's not exactly my cup of tea like i like the characters and i like some of the storytelling in those too but i have very limited time honestly so i'm always like i don't have enough time to spend listening to 52 different episodes that some of them are over three hours a piece and hmm. i just I right. It. and
2: that was one of the first conversations we had during our session zero was like how long do we want the episodes to be because Critical Role, like I love what they've been able to create and the fact that their fan base is as big as it is. like is. They're incredible. But also, two episodes is a work day, You know? And I just don't have... Yeah. I, I just wish I had enough free time and downtime where I could just listen to them and really get into it. But It's kind of like, like watching animes. I feel like at this point I'm so far behind that I would never be able to catch up.
0: <laughs> okay, so as far as tales of thern is concerned uh where can we find you absolutely
2: so our podcast can be found on spotify google play um pretty much wherever you get your podcasts it's called lost legends tales of thern uh season three is going to be not entirely um you know it's episodic but we're going to be uh starting releasing episodes in season three in april super excited about it we have a facebook lost legends tales of thern we have a twitter which is at ll tot
0: Ben, thank you so much for joining us once again. I can't wait. We are still in the process of picking out our next Chord versus Cryptid Cryptid. So that's going to be... The next one's going to be a surprise. This is one that everybody voted on and chose Beast of Bray Road to come up next. But the next one is going to be a surprise. (laughs) I don't remember how I sign off from these. God damn. That's
2: all, folks. Come fight me.